Hello, and welcome back to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. I'm your host, co-host, Lamar, and this is Carrie. Hey, how are you, Lamar? I'm doing great. It's great to be back together again. You've been, uh, I've seen some of your great podcasts you've been doing with some other guests, uh, and I've been going with them, uh, going through them like, uh, like everybody else does, and I've just been learning some really good things, uh, some great work out there some, by some really smart people. Yeah, all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, they're great insights too. I, in fact, one of them, I was kind of on repeat and it just went through and I listened to it again. Another one I'd already listened to a week or two ago and I'm like, let's do it again while this is running. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, there we go. <laughs> well, we've got the great one this week with uh, Daniel Peterson. And yes, then, that was uh, good. I've done this one with Avram. So anyway, yeah, good stuff all, all those weeks. So Yes, very good. So if you uh, are just joining us this time, welcome. If you haven't seen some of the previous ones, uh, go back through there. There's some really good stuff to look at, uh, look at and listen to. Both some of them are more visual, and some of them, most of them, are more just listening. But there are a few that are visual, like the uh, Book of Abraham ones. Well, this is not going to be a long one. We're going to do a short one today. Uh, at least we plan on it being short. Uh, this is just a little bit. They're going to talk more about this. Uh, Carrie and, and another guest will talk about this more next week. But we're going to hit Genesis 18 just at the beginning here before we run into uh, Lot and his compatriots. We're going to talk about Genesis 18 and three messengers that visit. So uh, let's start off right here. We're going to start Genesis 18. Just this first part, Carrie, is what we want to talk about. This confuses a lot of people. And so let's see if we can maybe together figure out at least what we think is going on in this one here and who's talking and what we're supposed to take away from this. So the first thing is, uh, we're going to start in, in chapter 18, verse one. And the Lord appeared up too far. I went way too far. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So as you, so if you're not listening or if you're not watching this, Carrie is also on netbible.org, which is a really great resource. And I also have my scriptures open to the King James Version LDS uh, copy. And so they're probably going to be the same, I think, as that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto, unto him, talking about Abraham, appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when they saw that, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. Um, now, before we go any further, uh, you, you covered this in another podcast. But in case you didn't catch this or our listeners haven't caught this, whenever we see Lord in all capital letters, like it appears right there, right? Yeah, you're over there. Whenever we see that, that indicates the word uh, Yahweh or Jehovah. It, depending on which translation you're looking at, you have your, it's highlighted now, Jehovah, the existing one. So whenever, at least all the, the ones that I know of that show up capital, all capitals Lord is that translation, right? That's right. Yeah. That's the King James translators, little code for this is where it says Jehovah. Be, right. Because you'll see elsewhere in this chapter where, well, just right there in verse three. So after he barrels himself toward the ground and said, my Lord, now he's not talking to Yahweh or Jehovah. He's now talking to the people there, which oftentimes people, it's a, a sign of respect. You call them Lord, like it's like sir, kind of. 
uh, my Lord, I've now found favor in the sight. So now he's talking to someone different. So let's talk about just a section here, Carrie. The Lord appeared to, to Abraham in the plains of Mamre. And then these visitors are uh, uh, come to him. Now, Joseph F. Smith, or Joseph Fielding Smith, sorry, indicates there, if you look in the, the uh, Institute manuals, they have a quote there from the Doctrines of Salvation. And he'll say, that's a complete sentence. The Lord appeared unto him, and that's different from the messengers. Yeah, I, I think it is different from the messengers. Okay. So, so well, I mean, uh, let me say, I think you can make a good argument that it's different than the messengers. I don't right. know that we know for sure, but you can read it that way. And you can also read it as this is introducing who the messengers are. Right. Okay. So this is confusing to a lot of people. If you look at uh, other traditions, other, um, other Christian people that have talked about this, there's all kinds of ideas. Maybe the Lord was with two other people. Maybe the Lord comes in and out. Anyway, it's kind of confusing, but we just want to make clear, at least from what, the, what we understand here, is the Lord appeared uh, to Abraham. That's true. And then also messengers appeared to him. Yeah. So um, what I found interesting about this, Carrie, is we talked before about uh, the ways that the Lord speaks to us. And yeah. it, it, I, it's just interesting other parts of the scriptures, an angel comes, and these these messengers are also referred to as angels, but they seem to be people. Uh, they're they're mortal people because he eats, he washes their feet. Um, they prepare a great big feast. So these are flesh and blood people, or at least tangible, touchable people. Other times in the scriptures, uh, it'll be a vision or um, a, another a heavenly angel like Gabriel visiting and announcing the birth of Christ. That's different ways. But this particular time, the Lord speaks in us, to us in our language or what we need to hear. And in this case, he sends three physical people to come and talk to Abraham. Yeah. Now, I mean, that, that, that can have a couple different forms, physical people, but it's not easy to tell. Well, it's impossible to tell in, in the Old Testament when it says angel or it says messenger from the word, because it's the same word, uh, Malak, it, it's the word for messenger. And we translate it as angel when we think it's an angel from up above. Um, mm -hmm. But there's no actual, if for the Israelites, they're, they're, they were not distinguishing between these. It was a messenger from God as a messenger from God as a messenger from God, right? It doesn't right. matter what form it, it takes. And so, when we read about these uh, men coming here, uh, it, it doesn't, it, it, so there are other clues. You always look for other clues as to what kind of messenger this is, because there's nothing in the words themselves. And here it doesn't even use the word messenger. It just says, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, three men, right? And that's just the normal word for man. Just Right. Uh, oh, I know why I'm not seeing this, because I'm in the wrong uh, chapter again. How do I do that? <laughs> the right side's not matching up with the left side. Yeah. Okay, there we go. But anyway, yeah, true. it's it's just normal men. Uh, oh, now I'm in the wrong place there. Anyway, all right. So here we go. Um, and uh, it says, oh, I'm still struggling here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, and he and he looked and he beheld three. Uh, here we go. Anashim men. 
uh, and uh, that doesn't say anything special about them. So we're going to have to look further in the chapter to try and find our clue as to who these might be. Okay, so but we, but he now Abraham um, recognizes these as being important people, uh, holy men, and he prepares a great big feast. And and by the way, if you want to check in this, this is not just let me go, you know, grab a few things out of the pantry. Um, he kills, uh, he dresses, you know, he prepares a, a, a prize calf. Um, and then he makes, it says, three measures of fine meal. And I heard elsewhere them talking about how many a measure is. It's like a, this is like a 22, 22 loaves of bread kind of thing. It's a great bit. I don't know if it's exactly 22, but, or, or what exactly a loaf would be, but it's a great big meal. He prepares a great big fine meal. Um, and really just pulls out all the stops for this. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the, their tenderest calf and all this kind of thing, right? So like their best veal, as it were. And uh, of course, these are all pasture fed in case anyone's wondering. But, um, <laughs> but uh, this is, you're right. He's doing everything he can to make this a really nice meal. And this is a little bit of a, this is just hospitality culture. You, you take in and take care of anyone that's coming by. But he seems to be going way above and beyond normal hospitality culture here. Yeah, I found that interesting. And I, I wanted to give, uh, I heard this, I, I was looking around at some different resources for our podcast and was thinking about this. And Book of Mormon Central comes up quite often on my feed. And I happened to see this on Book of Mormon Central about the same chapter. And if you haven't seen Book of Mormon Central, uh, the channel on YouTube, you should go check it out. They've got, they do some really great stuff. And um, uh, a sister named Mariana Richardson has a short podcast on this part also. And I found, she said something very profound, I thought. And so with full attribution to uh, Sister Richardson, um, I wanted to say, kind of repeat what she said, which was, she said, he's preparing this great meal he recognizes them as, as these these men as being messengers. And how are we preparing to receive messages when we receive messages? And she gives an example, like, how are we preparing for general conference? Are we giving general conference the same type of uh, reverence, maybe, or just attention, attention to detail? Are we ready to receive these messages when we sit, when we get them? Or are we kind of just flippant or you know, lackadaisical in, in a big thing. Your messengers are coming to give us some information. This is important stuff. And are we paying attention to that? Or are we just kind of, eh, it comes every way every six months. I think that's such an important point. And it's, it's hugely important for our day, maybe more important than it has ever been. I, I, we're in a day where it seems like a lot of people are struggling with what they think of what the prophet or the prophets and apostles are saying, especially in regards to social issues, but in regards to all sorts of things, um, they're really struggling with whether they want to take that seriously. And I know lots of people who feel like, well, I believe the prophets and all these things, but on this thing, I think they have it wrong. And I'm waiting for them to come around to my point of view, which uh, it, it seems to me like trying to get God to reconcile himself to your point of view, rather than doing what Jacob says is which we reconcile ourselves to God's point of view. Right. But the reason why they don't see it that way, is because we're forgetting what it means to have a messenger from God. 
Uh, and that's, I, I think that's part of the point with having this as an ambiguous point, whether a, a Malik, a messenger is uh, an angel, right? So we have a couple different choices here. These could be angels, meaning, and Joseph Smith says we don't get any angels on this earth that don't pertain to this earth. So before the resurrection, if it's someone from the spirit world, they're not going to eat. So uh, an angel from the spirit world or that, or that hasn't taken a body on yet isn't an option for us here, but it's often an option when you hear the word Moloch, right, messenger, but it's not an option here. Um, it could be a translated being. So this could be someone from the city of Enoch that can sit down and eat and talk and uh, whatever later on he can wrestle with a, you know, I always wonder if this is a all-star wrestler from city of Zion <laughs> wrestling with uh, uh, Jacob, Jacob or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but the other option is that this is uh, just a normal mortal messenger that has come. And I think the ambiguity should teach us something. It really doesn't matter. There, yeah. there, there's no difference. The savior. Well, let's put it this way. The Savior is insistent that he only does what the Father does. He only says what the Father would say, uh, and so on. And then he tells us, if you receive me, you receive the Father, because they're giving the exact same message. But then he goes on to say, if you receive my servants, you receive me. And we sometimes forget that part. So if you remember, we go back to what it meant like for Enoch to be a seer. Um, and we talked about it. We all needed to receive revelation, but there was a different thing with Enoch when he has this clay wash his eyes. He's seeing things that, that even though I'm hopefully receiving daily revelation and you are this uh, communion as we're on our commute thing that we're talking about, um, hopefully we're both receiving that, but Enoch is receiving it in a different way. And, uh, and so if it's that kind of a prophet, you know, a capital P prophet kind of uh, messenger, uh, we really need to take that seriously. And if we are ignoring them, then at least what the Savior tells us is we're ignoring him, which he also tells us means we're ignoring the Father. And if we're waiting for them to see things from our point of view, then we're asking God, you quit thinking your way and come start thinking my way. Uh, and, and that doesn't seem very wise to me. I, I think it's a great point. Um, and, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, how sometimes uh, the Son... Jehovah, Jesus speaks as the father. He yes. calls himself the father. And we call that, we, there's a big word for it, divine investiture of authority. But I think it plays out here. This is much similar to Amos 8, where surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets, right? That's so, exactly right. so it's interesting here. We'll go down just a little bit further in that same chapter. Um where they deliver the message to, to uh, Sarah that she's going to have a, she's going to have a, a, a baby. Yeah. And verse 10, right? Verse 10. Yes. And he said, uh, I will certainly, um, uh, well, the verse line they say, and they said unto him, where is Sarah, thy wife? He shall behold. And he said, behold in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent. And was which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken with age, and see, and it ceased to be after the manner of women. So she was past the time of childbearing. Yeah, this so they probably think, means she's been through menopause, right? I know, mean, that's right. That's what it probably means when it says she's that ceased after the manner of women. I think Abraham right now is is about ninety in this yeah. in this range right here. Yep. So we assume that she uh, she might be a little older, younger. We're not sure, but. 
probably somewhere in that range. We'd probably yeah. think within 10 years or so. So she's 80s, 90s, maybe. Yeah. We don't know. But so she's a, and then and then Sarah in verse 12, therefore, Sarah laughed in herself, saying, After I am old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And so she kind of laughs in herself. And th- this is funny. There's a lot of different people who have said, well, she's showing a lack of faith here, but it doesn't ever, I don't know of any place in the scriptures where she's called out as being someone who lacked faith. Now it does say right here. Now this is the part we're going to get to about the divine investor authority. Verse 13. And the Lord well, said, before, before you move on, maybe let oh, me yeah, just yeah. say, no, no, Paul himself says that Sarah had faith. Oh yeah. She could bear after her time. Right. So, right. so she does have faith attributed to her. And I think that's, right. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I would probably laugh even if I believe something uh, that the Lord could do something. Uh, you know, if he told me I was going to go set a world weightlifting record, uh, even if I believe he could make me do it, I'd be laughing. Oh when yeah. I heard it. So uh, anyway, but well, think about this though. Going. How many times have you maybe you were called and called by, you know, the state presidency into some position of authority Elders from president, high priest group leader, whatever. And you went, ha, ha, what am I? I don't want to, I'm the youngest guy here. Why am I leading these? Yeah. You know, you think of those kind of, well, maybe it's something like that. And I don't want to put words in the scriptures where they're not there, but this is not a faith crisis she has. I think it's more of a, well, how is this going to happen? Or how are you going to make yeah. that happen? I mean, you know, it's one of those things. But it, this is the part that we're going to get to in verse 13. It says, and the Lord said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely she shall uh, of a surety bear a child when uh, which I am old, which am old. I just said that terribly. Yeah. Shall I of a surety bear a child, which am old? So, and then he says in verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, both instances in 13 and 14, it's, that's Yahweh there. Mm-hmm. That's the, the capital Lord there. So is the Lord speaking? Or are the messengers speaking? Or are the messengers speaking with the authority of the Lord? Yeah. That's why a lot of people, and, and you'll continue to see it uh, throughout this dialogue, the Lord says, shall I hide this from Abraham? And the Lord said, because of this, uh, you know, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then it says, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Uh, and it's, it's Jehovah there. So um, a lot of people will say, okay, this one of these messengers must be Jehovah himself. And I lean that way a little bit, although it does get tricky for the whole sitting and eating thing since uh, the Savior didn't yet have a body, so maybe not. And and again, that brings us back, and I think this is your point, the ambiguity where we're not sure is probably teaching us something. I, I think you were going to say something about that, so sorry, keep going. No, no, that's uh, you're, you're right on it. We don't know exactly if the Lord is speaking through a messenger, um, if he's speaking... Um, with the authority of a me- the messenger speaking with the authority of the Lord, if he's currently present, I mean, at the beginning of this, Joseph Fielding Smith said that the, these were these three people were separate from uh, from the Lord. These three messengers are mortals that are or not more agency mortals, but he says the three people are separate from the Lord. But I really don't know. I really don't know which way this goes and yeah. who's speaking. But is it? it it's. It's just what's important is what's the message, and are you receiving the message with authority, or right. with authority and from the authority that this is the Lord speaking through? Yeah, I think it's so instructive that really, as we read this, we can't be sure where it says the Lord said unto Abraham, "I can't 
tell, is that meaning that the Lord inspired the messenger who's sitting in front of Abraham to say this? Or it doesn't mean that the Lord is sitting in front of Abraham and he says this, because in the end, there's no difference between the two. Just like there's no difference between if Christ tells me something, do I have to ask, well, did the father come up with that or did with Christ come up with it? There's, There's no point in that conversation, right? They both would come up with the same thing. There's no difference. And so that's why it's so hard for us to tell in this case, because there's no difference, but that's the bigger lesson and the bigger message. And if we'll take that seriously today and recognize when President Nelson gets up in general conference and says something, we should say, I, I don't know if this is uh, the Lord or his messenger saying this to me, and it, because it's always the same, right? right. Uh, I'm not saying that, that uh, prophets are infallible, but I am no. saying they're not going to lead us astray. I'm saying that they are going to give us the word of the Lord, especially in those situations like general conference or speaking, you know, uh, when they're speaking as prophets, uh, maybe not when you go out to lunch. I don't know. It doesn't happen to me, you know, so I don't know. But uh, but we've got this whole thing that uh, when President Nelson stands up and says something in general conference or President Oaks or President Irene, uh, and they say, you know, uh, study the blessings pronounced to Abraham or go to the temple more often. Uh, or uh, let's let's take uh, the, our teachings about the family seriously. Uh, you should be saying within yourself, hmm, that's from the Lord every bit as much as if it were the Savior standing uh, on top of the pulpit with flames of fire and pavement of gold beneath his feet. It's every bit as much from the Lord, and I should take it that seriously and kill my fatted calf uh, and and show that kind of respect for it. I think that's true. And if you have a doubt uh, of what they're, of what President Nelson or another authority is saying, take to the Lord and ask him to back it up. Yeah. You'll find out. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting stuff. I mean, I know you're going to talk more about this um, in the next, uh, the next segment um, about more about Abraham and, and Lot and, and uh, Isaac that comes hereafter. But I, in this short cast, I just wanted to hit those things. It was just kind of one of those things where you're like, who are these messengers? And again, there's three, which I think is great. The Peter, James, and John. We've got the three Nephites, the three. I just, I think these messengers are fascinating. Um, and what are we doing to look out for messengers in our life that bring us these things? I couldn't agree more. This is a great short cast on, on messengers. And hopefully, uh, you know, I, I think let's take it one step further. We know the pattern that God sends his son and the Holy Ghost. And his son sends uh, apostles or, or prophets uh, with the Holy Ghost with them, and they send us. And then our job is to bring people um, to the teachings of the prophet and to the Savior so that the Savior can bring them to the Father, right? So I, I am not the same kind of messenger that President Nelson is, and neither are you, Lamar. I am um, not. <laughs> but uh, I will testify that President Nelson is God's prophet, but I will also say that I think we're trying to be uh, do our part to be the small M messengers uh, in this way, and, and hopefully everyone else is as well. I, I hope that's true. Um, that, otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. I mean, it's fun to talk to you, of course. I always have fun talking and kicking these things around, and a lot of times I learn uh, so many new things, even though I've read it a bunch of times and I'm ready to talk about a point. I learned something new just talking about it. So I hope those viewers at home and listeners at home have also uh, found it useful to, to talk about these scriptures and to commune with God by reading these scriptures, reading these passages, 
that puts us in the right frame of mind and the right spirit to receive our own revelation. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you can share this with others. Um, do the whole things like you normally do, like, subscribe. Not for us, but if it's useful and helpful to you and you've got something out of it, tell somebody else about it. Yeah. We just want to help as many people as possible. Agreed. Thanks. Thanks again. We'll see you.